Welcome to Inspire Campfire, a podcast where ordinary people tell their stories of extraordinary adventure. These are campfire stories meant to inspire the rest of us to light the fire within, get outside, follow our dreams, and return to tell our own stories. Ready? Let's strike the match. Welcome to the show, everybody. Today's episode is really special to me because today we're going to be talking to the person who first inspired me to begin the tradition of an annual daddy-daughter road trip. So it was on one of these trips uh, recently that the idea for this podcast was first born. Uh, But more importantly, these trips have been foundational to the relationship that I have with my daughters. Our guest today is Rob Munyer. He lives, works, and plays here in the same city as me, Charlotte, North Carolina. Rob moved from New York in 1999, which was about the same time that I moved from the same part of the country in Connecticut. He is a family man, and he lives here with his wife and his two daughters. He is one of the most grounded people that I know, and he always seems to have his priorities straight. He's got an incredible work ethic, but he also knows how to balance work and play with family and friends. Rob and I have known each other for at least half of our time here in Charlotte. I think, I think even longer. And uh, when I think of Rob, I always think of the person that planted the seed within me that inspired me to take time out of my year to spend one-on-one time with my daughters on one of these annual daddy-daughter road trips. Rob, welcome to the campfire. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for having me. Yeah, um, let's uh, let's just give a quick little highlight of uh, of who you are, what you do here in Charlotte. Just kind of give people some context. Can you tell us a little bit about life here in Charlotte? Sure. I moved down um, by myself in 1999, um, working for Verizon, um, where I started working on back then was the first union account, um, and was there for a while. Left Verizon a few years ago. Um, I'll skip the part. I got married, had two kids, and then um, <laughs> left Verizon a couple of years ago, kind of changed the page a bit to do something a little bit more um, small scale. So I work for a company now that has 50 people versus the 130,000 people that it was at the time. Um, very impactful, helping grow the business, uh, very, very enjoyable. And um, I'm in construction here in Charlotte and obviously a lot going on. Um, we travel from Charleston all the way up to Virginia doing work and uh, for fun, I like to golf, hang out with my friends around here, um, and obviously try to connect with the kids and travel. We do a lot of a lot of different trips, uh, mostly around the United States, but we're starting to look a little more internationally once uh, kind of COVID gets out of the way. Oh, I look forward to hearing that. Yeah, um, yeah. You always—I've uh, just always been inspired by the way that you 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 balance work and life, and you've always kind of had an entrepreneurial mindset. And it's it's fun to see you in a little bit more of an entrepreneurial role here with the with what you're doing now, but. Um, man, so I can't remember how many years ago it was, but, um, you, you gave my team, um, as a real estate broker, the, the opportunity to help you and your family move uh, many years ago. And, uh, and that's kind of how we kind of got to know each other, but we became friends in the process. And I just like, I remember the day that you told me that you had this sort of tradition of taking your daughters one-on-one on these annual daddy-daughter road trips. And I just, at that time, my now oldest is, was nine years old. She's now 15. And I just, it blew my mind. And I was like, oh my 
gosh, this is such an unbelievable idea. I need to do this with my daughter. And so, you know, you planted the seed in me and it's just, it's been foundational. So I just want to kind of go back to the beginning and, and, you know, can you kind of just talk about these trips that you take and how they got started? And so I think for me, um, I was really trying to focus on how to connect to two, two girls. Um, I, I think it's a lot easier for a father to connect with a son um, than to a daughter um, on a one-on-one -on -one basis. So for me, I was really trying to figure out a way to have that one-on-one -on -one time that wasn't, you know, a few hours here, a few hours there to separate me from work. So I'm not kind of going through the motions and being distracted that we were experiencing something together. And a lot of that for me is travel. I wanted to go do things that I haven't done before. Um, so that I was getting, you know, that first glimpse of something and the joy of seeing something that I haven't seen before, as well as, you know, my children. I wish I could do it as a full-time job, um, but, you know, obviously not realistic, um, but that was really why. Um, I had a lot of death in my family, um, and I think that really triggered things too. Like my mom passed away. She never saw either of her kids get married. Um, her dad passed away. So I think sometimes in the back of my mind, I'm always like, well, what if I passed away early? And I've always kind of had a mantra in the back of my mind that I'm going to live today and not think about doing things when I retire, but I want to do things now. And it's not just with my children, it's holistically in life. I, I don't, I mean, I save for retirement, you know, and I do all the right things, but God forbid everything I want to do, I, I wait till I'm 70 years old, you know, when, when, I, when I'm able to, because I'm retired and then something happens and I don't get to do anything. So living life today is a very important thing for me. Oh, man, I love it. I mean, uh, you know, we hear this a lot on this podcast, like people taking these adventures and going on things. And it's kind of a common theme. Um, you know, some of what you've talked about, I mean, uh, people losing family members and having this realization that, you know, life can get past us if we don't act, but you've taken this, this isn't, this isn't about Rob. This is about, this is about your daughters as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think to open their eyes for them to see a connection that they could have with their, their parents one-on-one -on -one is a very important thing because as a family unit, we always do things together. We have our way of doing things, but I think sometimes your kids don't necessarily connect with you on a deeper level um, unless you're able to spend that one-on-one -on -one time with them. And I, I, it's not just for a dad, it's for a mom, it's for anybody to just have that time to allow their children to experience new experiences and hopefully open up to them um, that that child will open up to them a little bit more and feel comfortable. And I would say, if I didn't do these things, you know, I don't, wouldn't be as close as I am with my children right now. Um, my older child specifically, but I've also done more with her because she just has a very similar mindset of wanting to go experience these things. Um, and it's important to let them be the driver of the experience. I, I kind of, build a little loose framework because we don't want to not have a direction and, and and that's geographically and mentally right but I let them decide I let them dictate the path and Elizabeth really loves that Catherine likes it but it's she needs more guidance for ideas whereas Elizabeth will get on the phone and be like oh there's a there's a museum down the road 100 miles let's go that way you know um so it's a little different for each kid. So you have to figure out what's the best way to get them involved and help dictate that path and, and trigger which destinations and why, why are we going there? You know, what's the point of us going to yeah. be there? Yeah. Those kind of things. 
I love it so much. So do you remember the, the very first one and kind of the, you know, where you went, the impetus for getting started? Yeah. So, you know, there was a, a couple of reasons why one was when I was working for Verizon, I, I had a, a tremendous amount of vacation time for one, which was fantastic. Um, but I wanted to just do something with her because I felt like we had gone through a big transition in our family. We, we were moving. Um, that was a big deal, changing schools. And I, I really wanted to understand how she was feeling about everything. So the framework with that one was pretty simple. Um, we, uh, my whole point was to get to Klingman's Dome and I wanted to stand on top of Klingman's Dome and say, yeah. it's a big country we have. I said, which way you want to go? Because from Klingman's Dome, you can see you know, the corner of Georgia, a little bit of South Carolina, a little bit of Tennessee on a clear day all the way up to Virginia. And we sat there and had a discussion and she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, we can go wherever you want. I had no hotel reservations, no nothing. So I rented a car in Charlotte. I didn't tell her, but the end goal was to get to Little Rock or Arkansas because she had some cousins there she hadn't met. So I booked return plane tickets from Little Rock and that's all we did. So we started just driving through Maggie Valley and stuff and um, she was kind of blown away by the whole thing. And I was like, all right, well, we're here at Klingman's Dome. I'm like, okay, I, got, I got an atlas in the car. Let's get the atlas out, put it on the trunk and figure out wh where we want to go, knowing where we got to end up and went, what day I want to, what, what day I want to be there. So I was like, I want to be in this area by, you know, it was like a Saturday and she's like, okay. So we kind of started a couple ideas. I kind of guided her a little bit, you know, but you know, I, I wanted to take her to Nashville. So our first main destination was to get towards Nashville, but we're driving down the road and the great big brown signs in the United States that have all these great historical markers and stuff yeah. was Hermitage. So we went to Hermitage and we talked about Andrew Jackson. Um, you know, we spent a half a day there and then rolled into Nashville and stayed in the city and um, walked around and I was like, hey, you know, there's a cool little museum over here. There's a really famous singer named Johnny Cash. Let's go over there, you know? And she's like, oh, okay, that sounds cool. And then, you know, we did the Ryman. Um, I took her to Antique Archaeology. They have a store there because she had seen it on TV. So I thought it was kind of interesting to actually go experience something that was on TV that she saw with me. I get a kick out of that show. We spent a couple of days in Nashville. Um, we actually went to the Capitol and there was a, a session in and they actually let her sit in session, which was interesting. And then they gave her a, a session book, which was pretty interesting, beautiful Capitol building in Nashville. And then we, so we spent two nights there um, and that was really the only place we spent two nights. And then I said, okay, you know, got the map out at breakfast one morning. That was our thing. It was always like breakfast, eat up in the morning, breakfast, get the map out, where you wanna go? And I said, well, if we went this way and we headed up towards like Cincinnati, I said, there's a lot of stuff up there. I said, we could stop in Kentucky. There's a cool, there's a cool national monument for Lincoln's birthplace. And she was all mm -hmm. at that time, very into school and historics. And stuff. Yeah. That sounds great. So we're driving and um, I used to have a Corvette when I was younger, when I got out of college. And as we're driving, I see out of the corner of my eye, there's billboard for the National Corvette Museum. And I was like, I'm like, should we go there? And she's just like, no, no, no. I'm like, no, we need to go there. You know, yeah, we're <laughs> so going we over and went there and then ended up at Lincoln's uh, birthplace. She did, you know, the little ranger scavenger hunt and got a badge and everything. And then they said to her, you know, if you're really interested in Abraham Lincoln, you should go to his house in Springfield, Illinois. And I'm just like, ooh, that's a bit of a hike, you know? <laughs> so I said, oh, we'll talk about it. You know, so we got in the car and then, um, 
we drove, we kept driving. We went to Louisville. Yep. We did a tour of Louisville Slugger yep. and we were going to spend the night in Louisville, but I was looking on my phone and I was like, how cool would it be if I could find like a major league baseball game for tonight after going to a Louisville Slugger. And sure enough, St. Louis was playing Cincinnati in Cincinnati and it was only like another two hours or something. So I said, what do you think about going to Cincinnati? And I said, there's a baseball game. So she's like, that sounds great. She'd never been to one before. So shot up to Cincinnati, grabbed a hotel room, walked over to the park, bought tickets, ended up right behind home plate, like two rows back for her first game ever. And it was a great game. And actually Cincinnati beat St. Louis, which was bizarre at the time. And then we slept. Next morning, got up, went to Cracker Barrel and uh, pulled the map out again. And she was hung up on Springfield and we ended up going to Springfield. And, I love uh, it. How far was that? That's that's awesome. It was like five or six hours. It, yeah. it was not the direction I was anticipating going because it was due west a bit more. I was talking about kind of coming back down like through St. Louis and working our way down towards Memphis or something. And uh, But we did it. You know, I mean, that's part of these trips that's important is letting them dictate the path. So we went there. She got her Ranger badge. And that was a long day in the car, but we did end up getting to St. Louis, went up in the arc, in the arch. And then drove a little bit outside of St. Louis, got a hotel room, and then um, the next day went to Memphis. It was interesting at that day when we got up, I started playing Elvis Presley music, and I was like, "Man, I wonder if I can get her to be interested going to Graceland," you know. <laughs> and and it was a big deal because it's something my mom and dad, when they retired, they used to go and do karaoke, and they always that was Elvis was their thing. So we were talking about my mom and how it would have been great if Elizabeth met her because she's kind of named after my mom, yeah. Elizabeth Ann, and uh. You know, we spent a lot of time talking about, you know, my mom and my grandma and stuff. And then we actually ended up going to Memphis and going to Graceland. We stayed on Beale Street and I took her to a honky tonk and she wanted to go on a carriage ride. And we did that. And we, we then she she read a story on the way down on her phone about, well, on my phone. She didn't have a phone back then, but um, the marching of the ducks at the Peabody. So, which is a big thing where these ducks apparently have a penthouse at this hotel and they bring them down at four o'clock and they walk them down in the elevator and they walk across the lobby and up into the fountain. So we went to that and um, and then spent the night there and then we made our way to Little Rock. We went to the, the, the Bill Clinton library and okay. then ended up um, meeting my cousins and it was a big surprise, she had no idea. And I sent you a picture. Oddly enough, they're all wearing like the same color shirt, all of our cousins. So um, they threw a big barbecue for us and it was a big family kind of reunion for people that didn't really know of each other that much. And then we spent two nights there and then flew home. Yeah. Your daughter didn't know that the surprise was there. They were all, there's just, yeah. You know, I said, you know, we have, we, but when we got to the Bill Clinton museum, I said, well, you know, my cousin lives here. We should go try to get in touch with them. And she's like, who? And I said, my cousin, Chad, and uh, you know, he's got a couple kids. And I kind of left it at that. But Chad has two sisters that have a bunch of children as well. So there ended up being like seven cousins there. And then, you know, my three cousins, my uncle and, and whatnot. So we had a big family barbecue, like a good 10 hour day kind of thing and spent a couple nights there and flew back to Charlotte. So I love this so much. There's just so much to unpack in all of this. I'm just I'm listening to you. I think the thing that caught me as in, in the story is this this. I just have this visual of you guys on Klingman's dome. Like, where do you want to go? Yeah. Like the cool. spontaneity of it is just like, and I think that was one of the things that really, really inspired me. Um, and by the way, like this trip that you took, 
like we took our first trip when we went to Nashville just because that's where you guys went. And I just was like super, <laughs> I'd never been to Nashville and I thought that was super cool. And, um, when my daughter and I went, we ended up going to the Grand Ole Opry and, and yeah, we did too. Cool. Yeah, well, I think you told me that you did. And so I was like, oh man, that sounds like something that we've got to do. But I mean, just this idea that, you know, we're just going to get in the car and we're going to figure it out as we go. Like that was, that was the piece that just really, really, really resonated with me because just this idea, like we don't have to have a plan. We don't have to like, do, everything doesn't have to be all structured, but there's, there's something to that. Like, you know, I mean, gosh, reading a map, like Rob, how cool yeah. is that? Like a lot of people don't even know how to read a map these days with GPS and phones. And so just this idea that like, we're just going to get in the car and we're going to figure it out. That's a big deal for me. I, I really wanted to have Elizabeth be making decisions because every single day as as we go through the daily grind of work and everything and making the decisions about dinner and making all these decisions about events that we have to do it's always driven by karen and i so when we go on these these trips i really wanted her to get her voice a little bit and say here's what i, I want here's what i'd like to do and i would always ask why and it was never really it was never anything like i want to eat ice cream 10 times a day it was you know, she would find these things that, you know, on a map too, because, you know, my children, Elizabeth didn't get a phone till recently and she's 14 and a half. And I didn't really give her my phone much to kind of use things unless we were kind of in a pinch, like trying to find yeah. a hotel is hard to do in an atlas, right? Um, but yeah, we bought an atlas and I told her, how, showed her how to use it. And then I would, even if I knew where I was going, I'd be like, hey, about how long do I have? You know, can you see kind of what town we're aiming for to try to keep them engaged and understand that, what they're doing is important to the trip, even though in the back of my mind, I know what I'm doing, right? I know where right. I'm going because I've kind of gone through it because I don't want to be, I don't want to be too, too blind of things because I still sure. have responsibility to take care of my daughter, right? Absolutely. Hey, Rob, um, how old is Elizabeth on this trip? I want to say she was eight. Okay. And, and how long was this trip? Nine days total from, Nine days, we, okay. from when we left Charlotte to when we got back. Is this like a spring break thing or was it summer or? Yeah, she was actually, she 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 was just out of school. I believe it was in the summer. Yeah, yeah. it was in August. So it was in the summer. One thing that that when I when I called and and talked to you about doing this podcast, that you just talked about windshield time, and I just windshield love that. time's a big deal. <laughs> yeah, talk, let's talk about windshield time. Well, I drive a lot for work. Um, I travel up. To, I have a big job in Virginia Tech, and I have a big job in Charleston, and. So I get a couple hours. For me, windshield time is time to clear my head or time to catch up with people. Um, so not necessarily work. I may reach out to some of my friends from college or I may reach out to family or sometimes I call my kids when I know that, you know, if it's before school or whatever, I may leave at 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning. I may give them a buzz and just say, hey, good morning, what's going on? So windshield time for me is the best part about driving long distance for uh, work now and again. It's it's a catch up time for me, quite honestly. Yeah, but when you have your daughter in the car with you, yeah, that well that that's a big. I mean, for for that one, like it's interesting because I took another big trip, which you know about, that was you know almost you know nine weeks long, and I was fortunate to do that. But it was interesting because once you get into the routine of not having electronics and not you know not being distracted by other things, you you find yourself really talking and and, and whatnot. So. I knew that through my time of having windshield time in my life, that it would be a perfect time for me to connect with Elizabeth at a different level the first time we did it. And, you know, we didn't listen to music a lot. 
it was just kind of talking, you know, problem solving, planning a little bit, you know, trying to hear kind of where she was at that stage of her life and during this trip, you know, what I always ask her, you know, where, what do you think you want to do? I'm like, you know, it's hard for children to answer that question, but I think when they're, uh, when they're younger, they, they dream a lot differently. And as they get older, then now they're starting to get a little more focused because they've had more life experience. But that was the key to the trip was being able to have that much time, you know, one-on-one -on -one as we drove. And, you know, even though you had long stretches of driving, like, you know, going out to Springfield, that was probably the best part of it because it was, you know, it was fun. Yeah. So I'm curious, like, as you're kind of planning this trip and thinking about doing this, especially that first one, because I think doing the first one obviously is the hardest, but did, did you or did she experience any sort of resistance about like, you know, this is, oh, we can't do this. Or like, was there any kind of initial like doubt about doing this trip? Well, I think for my wife, probably, um, <laughs> she was a bit concerned. Um, I think Elizabeth was nervous. I, I think she never had that much time one-on-one -on -one with me and mm -hmm. knowing that I really wanted her to be engaged and help this decision. I think was a little probably overwhelming for her mentally. I think for me, I was just excited. I, I had no resistance at all. I, you know, the the probably only concern was would it would it would it end up being a memory that she has that's a positive memory for the rest of her life. Right. That was the biggest thing for me. So I didn't want to overwhelm her trying too hard to do things, right? Um, but it was making sure it had enough of the right things that she could remember it. Was it positive? For her? Yeah, absolutely. Well, she did get sick. So we left Klingman's Dome. Um, so it was interesting. We're on the way to Klingman's Dome and there's this little place called Sandland in Maggie Valley. Okay. And it's like this little roadside, little they got a Ferris wheel, a small little roller coaster and stuff. And we're driving. She goes, Oh, Sandaland, let's go to Sandaland, you know. And I'm like, all right, so we pull over there. And then she met a little girl and we spent a couple hours there. And I think the, she, she must've got sick from this little girl because when we, as we're getting down from Klingman's dome, she just looked wiped out. I'm like, that hike's not that bad from the parking lot. You know, I'm like, are you okay? And she got a fever really bad. So I did a Walgreens, get some ibuprofen in her. It took about a day. She just had one of these little fun, funky things for like a day. So that was a real negative and it was right on the beginning. So I was a little concerned, but once we really got into Nashville and she turned the corner and stuff and uh, yeah, it was great. I mean, it, for me, it was one of the, one of the best things I've done with Elizabeth. And I think it's been the trigger for why her and I are as close as we are. Um, and she, you know, I don't want to say she tells me everything cause I'm sure she doesn't, but you know, she wants me to come see her every morning before I go to work and, and say goodbye. And, you know, it's a big thing for her that she knows kind of where I am and what's going on and that she could reach me whenever she needs me great with Catherine, but you know, all children are different. Um, Catherine, you know, obviously wants to know where I am and stuff, but the connection I got with Elizabeth of that particular trip, cause she's the older kid. The first yep. kid to go through that, um, is a little bit different than with Catherine. Yeah. A great trip. Awesome. Do it again. Heartbeat. Yeah. And well, you know, it's funny the, um, you know, the, the, the feeling sick thing, like I, part of me feels like that's, that's kind of part of the experience. And like, if that's part of the memory and you guys are on this trip where you're trying to figure things out as you go. And I just, I, I don't know that I had heard that part before, but on that first trip that I went on with my daughter, she also got sick and I'll never forget. She, um, like we were, we, um, our trip was, we threw sleeping bags in the back of the truck. So like we, we did some hotels, but we also just kind of did some camp, like some random camping and things like that. And the, the day that she got sick, we weren't in a hotel at that point. 
And so I remember we just pulled into a parking lot and put the seats down in the back of our SUV and spread out the sleeping bag. And she just slept, like, we just hung out. I got a little bit of work done and she just slept in the back of the truck in the parking lot for like half a day until she felt better. But like, we remember that, like, we remember the day that we, you know, were in that parking lot and she kind of slept off some, some sick feelings. And so I don't know, it's just part of that experience of, you know, you just figure it out as you go. And yeah. uh, so I just, right. I, I love that so much. So I love talking like on this podcast, I love talking about like, you know, kind of the person that you are before you do these things and then how these things change you. So I, I want to know how that first trip changed you. And then we can talk about how it changed your daughter. Well, let's go to you first. I think for me, I never realized how much that, you know, individually they counted on me. Right. So it, it was, you, we just get distracted every day by everything that's going on. So when you're able to have that one-on-one -on -one time, I felt that I was making more of an impact in her life than I realized. Mm -hmm. So I think it changed my approach on a lot of things. Um, with how I parent, because I take a little bit more time when I have to, to kind of think things through, because, you know, it's very easy to quickly, you know, make a statement or say something to a child and they, especially Elizabeth, um, some kids, it rolls off their back, but in particular, Elizabeth, it, it's something that she really pays attention to. Mm -hmm. So I think with her, it, I realized she's really listening to everything I'm saying, whether or not she does it is a different story, right? Um, but she really does listen. So for me, that was the biggest thing. It was a, it was a, it was an eye opener, without a doubt for uh, for me. As for for Elizabeth, I would say, I think she realized that um, probably I love her more than she ever knew. You know, by taking that time, that one on one time away from everything. I mean, I could have went and played golf for four days, or I could have done whatever. But I think it was a, a good time of her life at that age. Um, for her to connect with me on that level and, and realize how much she means to me. Right? And, and that was a, an important thing. And I think it's paid dividends. Um, you know, we're, we're very, we're very close. Um, and I, again, I think every kid's different. I think every situation's different. Um, these trips are great. They could be two days. They don't have to be nine days. I was fortunate enough that, you know, I was able to take nine days and my other trip take 10 weeks, right. Or whatever. But just having that time, the one-on-one -on -one time and experiencing experience that trip at a couple days, two, three days, four days, whatever, you can still get the same thing out of it. It's just, you know, making sure you're taking the time and you're completely focused. Like, I mean, I turned my phone off and the only time my phone came on was when we called home to check in and tell everybody we're okay. And they wanted to know what's going on because they really didn't know. And I'd send a couple pictures home and then touch base and make sure that you know, she talked to her mom every day and we talked to Catherine and let her know what was going on. So she had something to look forward to and say, oh, I can't wait. I get to go do something like that. I get to be part of something like that when I get older. Right. Th th those are the probably two big things I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Rob, you have such a huge heart and, you know, you're you're an incredible role model for your kids. And and now, I mean, I'm I'm just super excited to be sharing this message with other people because it's really it's impacted me. I mean, and I'm just listening to your story and, you know, the, the way that you've approached your trips is slightly different than the way that I've approached my trips. And that's what's great. We get to make these what they are. But, you know, I heard 
you know, you got to visit family on your trip. You did, you guys did a lot of history, like you went and visited historical sites. So there's all kinds of learning that's happening on your trips, but you guys did the spontaneity and the problem solving, but then also the deep connection. There's just so much packed into that. I suspect too, there's also kind of a, a leveling up because you, you do one of these and then like every time you do it, it gets better and better and better. Right. So yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> well, well, I know that uh, part of your story, and you kind of alluded to it, was you had a break um, in in your work for a little while, and so you actually um, rented an RV and took both girls on a, I think you said nine week RV trip. Yeah, we, um, me, me and the wife and the kids flew to Seattle, and I had this took a, a bit more planning for obvious reasons, but um, I spent about three weeks planning this, but. We flew to Seattle and my wife drove us to Tacoma where I picked up an RV because it was cheaper. I know a lot of tricks about saving money, by the way, if people want to know. RVs are very expensive. If you rent them in Seattle, for example, it was twice as much money than if I drove an hour to Tacoma. So we rented a car, drove to Tacoma, picked up an RV, went to Walmart. I had to buy sleeping bags, towels, all these things. You know, yeah. We were going to be on the road for quite a bit. And then once we got loaded up, my wife flew home. So she had to work and I wasn't working at the time. So we right away drove to the North Cascades National Park, which is unbelievable, beautiful place, and started started our trip. And it was very it was very anxiety driven. I was having a hard time with it at first because never rented an RV before. It was 35 degrees with snow on the ground. This was in July, right? Um, and the kids are freaking out because all they hear is like wolves in the background, and there's nobody there because it's off season still. So I had to really kind of calm everybody down and just make something to eat. And then I couldn't figure out how to work the furnace. So that was kind of funny. I made the kids wear two layers of clothes. Whatnot. But anyway, that's the beginning of the trip. But yeah, we spent three weeks together, the three of us, two kids and I, um, working our way through the San Juan Islands at Olympic National Park and around the Horn of Washington, um, all the way down to Portland. And then my aunt flew out. So my mom's sister, and I really wanted to have her involved because we, we spent a lot of time hiking and doing things in, in uh, Oregon with her kind of talking about my mom and how much my mom would, you know, love them so much and spoil them rotten like every grandparent should. Um, but my, unfortunately, my kids never had that experience. So yeah. my aunt is a good litmus for us for that. And uh, she spent a little time and then she went home. She, she stayed with us till San Francisco. We met some friends in San Francisco for a few days and then we went back on the road again and spent about two weeks getting from San Francisco to LA, just the three of us. Uh, and then Karen flew out, my wife flew out to LA and spent another three weeks with us, um, three and a half weeks with us yeah. from LA down to San Diego and all the way across through the Grand Canyon and um, ended up in Sedona. You know, I asked Karen to marry me in the Grand Canyon. And we, oh, wow. after, after that, you know, when I asked her, we went to Sedona for a few days. So we ended the trip kind of where Karen and I started. And uh, we talked about that and whatnot. But yeah, that was a ridiculously unbelievable trip. I know that most people never have that opportunity. I would do it again if I could, but yeah. very obviously expensive to be on the road that long. It was uh, it was interesting, the dynamic of the two children together for three weeks and me having to handle it and not having an escape, only being in a 26-foot RV. It was a... Uh, it was a test. I love it. I, I, I'll tell you that that nine week RV trip is probably a whole nother podcast because I know there's so much adventure that had that happened in there. What I'm curious that so the daddy, the, that very first daddy daughter road trip, like how did that sort of trigger the RV trip? Like, did that kind of play into it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that 
Elizabeth really uh, appreciated that first trip. So the idea of doing something like that was, even for her age at the time, you'd think, well, I don't want to spend that much time. She was just like, well, I know it's going to be awesome. I mean, we, you know, I get to see all these states, you know, and do all these things and I could help plan it and I, I could start, you know, so she really got involved in it and then it really dragged Catherine into it as well. So Catherine had the same kind of thing. You know, I, I picked the cities, but every time we went somewhere, it was like, what are we doing? You know, let's both talk about it. So the same kind of philosophy that we had for the first trip was the same thing for the big trip, but I had to figure out like where we were going to camp and where I could drive an RV to. So I had to do that in the beginning. So it, it helps without a doubt. But if we didn't do that first trip, I don't know if the kids would have been as receptive yeah. if they hadn't experienced that one-on-one -on -one time with me, especially when they're older now, where obviously they have a lot more distractions in life. They have more friends, they have whatnot. But um, I think by doing these um, daddy, these daddy-daughter trips as we have made them comfortable enough to say, heck yeah, we can go in an RV for a couple months with dad and go around the country. Let's go, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's where I think the leveling up comes in. And I know there's been an evolution and that first trip has led to so many other things for you guys. And I just like, so for me, um, my daughter is 15 and my youngest is nine. And we started with my oldest when she was nine. So what, and we've done these as spring break trips. So, um, this year, uh, coming up in 2022, we're going to flip and I'm going to start doing trips with my youngest and I'm super excited. And I know she's really excited, but the, the five trips that, that I did with my older daughter, you know, we did Tennessee, we did Florida, we went to Washington DC toward the white house, went to the Capitol. Uh, we also did Kentucky. Um, and then last year we did the outer banks and that was amazing. We camped all up and down the entire, the outer banks, but, um, it was one day, um, camping right next to the beach in the outer banks that we were just kind of laying in our tent, just chilling out. And I had this sort of like overwhelming feeling of, and realization that I was in my happy place. I'm like camping with my daughter and we're just like, I was just like, I just felt so whole. And we sat there and had this conversation about how like, you know, people, people that are, that don't get these opportunities that don't take these opportunities are really missing out. And we just had this really long discussion about like how cool it would be to like, try to inspire more people to get outside and camp. And that's where the idea for inspire campfire came from. Cool. So, so Rob, like you have inspired this, this community that we're working on building and this message of trying to get people outdoors and, uh, and, and, you know, to just take these opportunities to seize the day, like you, you started this podcast off with. So I can't tell you how much I appreciate you and the inspiration that you've given me just that little, that one idea that just planted a seed that started this whole thing. And I hope people listening will, will also take that message. So I am curious for you, like for people that are listening, like how would you encourage people to sort of get started on this journey? Well, I think it, first off, you have to figure out the comfort zone for, for your, your child. I wish Elizabeth would like to camp more. <laughs> it's not it's not her thing. So I think trying to fence it into one avenue or another, RV, hotels, whatever it is, um, you have to find out what their comfort level is because you don't want to do something that they're, especially on the first trip, that they're too uncomfortable because they'll have too much anxiety. I kept it very loose with her. I think the next thing is, Time. I mean, time and money is the trigger of all these things. It's like you can make the time, but you can't always spend the money. So there's things that you could do, especially in our country, 
um, that are awesome that you can do very, very cheaply mm-hmm. and um, look at some of those avenues if money becomes an issue. And time-wise, again, I was fortunate. Nine days is the first one, you know, a bit of a flyer. There's no reason it can't be a leave Friday afternoon and come back Sunday right. at all. I've done many of those. Sometimes it's getting on a plane and flying to Pennsylvania and spending one-on-one time together and catching up with a relative or or whatnot. It's it's just it's just making sure that you're getting one-on-one time for for as long as you can within reason, without it letting overwhelm you. I think the big reason that people don't do these things is that it's very easily to get overwhelmed by it. So be spontaneous, have a, f- a rough framework in the back of your mind that you don't verbalize because that's kind of how I do things. Um, yeah. I want them to be the decision makers, but I fence things in a way to make sure that we're getting what we need out of it. I love it so much, man. I, I just appreciate it. And um, so I got a couple uh, couple questions that I've asked everybody that's been on here. So um you're an incredible guy and an incredible family man with a huge heart. And um, they're going to make a movie about you and all of these trips. And And I want to know when they do, who's going to be the actor that's going to play you? So you asked me this question. So I, I and I'm, thank you for asking me in advance because I had to put some thought to this. <laughs> and I realized that it's probably John Krasinski. I just love the way he carries himself. I love the, I love the fact that he started the Good News Network during COVID. Nice. Nice. And I that distraction that he created and and how he treats his family is what I like to do. Like I don't put the news on in our house and I'm always trying to find the silver lining with things and keep kids pointing in the right direction. So that, that would be who I would say would, would be me. And I would say that I would call the movie. The time is now. The time is now. Oh my gosh. I love it. Get after it. The time is now. Well, listen, I really appreciate you coming on and, and talking with everybody. And, and for those listening, I hope that you've been inspired today as much as I have. I really hope that Rob's story has encouraged you to listen to the voice inside you that calls you to adventure because we want to hear your story next. If you have a story to tell or need a nudge to create one, please send us an email. And until next time, I want to encourage you to get outside. Thank you so much for listening. And Rob, thank you so much for being here. This was awesome. Thanks, Scott.